Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. Why do I love player development? Today we continue our series on why I love player development. Today we'll talk about being in player development, transitioning out of player development. We'll talk about acting, life coaching, and different things that my guests can help you understand and know better. Hello, hello. My name is Ed Jones II, and I am the founder of Beyond the Field Player Development and the host of this podcast, The Player Development Pod. I am so excited that you have spent time with me here, and I'm really, really excited, really excited that the Player Development Conference registration link is live. Let's go. You can register for the conference today. The link is in the show notes, and I'm excited that we are little less than two months away from the player development conference. And since we're talking about the player development conference, I want to give a shout out to ATS athlete transition services, who is a gold sponsor of the conference. We thank them for their sponsorship and we are excited at the opportunities they provide for our attendees because of their sponsorship. If you're interested in sponsoring, please click the link in the show notes. All right. Today, today I'm so excited. I have my guest, Drew Davis. I met Drew Davis when I was in player development. He was handling player development at UCLA. He's played at Oregon, was in the NFL, and Drew is a man of many, many gifts, skills, talents, because he's transitioned out of player development. Now he's a life coach. He'll talk about some of the stuff he's doing as an actor, and we'll just kind of have a natural conversation talking about, you know, his path and all that, his transition out of player development, how he continues to develop people in his work, and just different stories from here on out. So excited to have you all here. Here is our conversation player development pie family we continue the series why i love player development and today i got my guy drew davis drewski on here drew man it's so good to have you on i met drew when i was at one of my stops and we got to know each other in player development and it's been great to see his growth and transition as well so drew if you want to introduce yourself to the player development pod family, which you are a part of, part of because you listen to every episode. So I appreciate just always support my people, man. Uh, my name is Drew Davis. I'm a certified life and performance coach. Uh, used to be in player development at UCLA for four years. Um, got into that, continued to wanted to help student athletes and professional athletes. And uh, that's what I continue to do. Let's talk about this because Drew's very modest. Now, Drew played at the University of Oregon. I did. Okay, so you played for Chip Kelly. You had an NFL career. And then you went back to Kelly gets a job at UCLA. And how does that, does he call you? How to tell us? Well, I was at uh, Central Florida at the time. We were going on a, we had an undefeated season. We were going to play Auburn in the Chick-fil-A Bowl uh, with Coach Scott Frost. And uh, Coach uh, Chip Kelly got the job at UCLA. I knew all of our coaches at Central Florida were going to Nebraska. I was a 28-year-old black man. And I was like, I don't really think there's anything for me in Lincoln, Nebraska right now. Um, and then so I gave Coach Kelly a call, and, and I knew I was coaching at the time at UCF, and I knew I kind of wanted to be in the player development space, and I said, hey, Coach, uh, congrats on the new job. I just wanted to see if you needed anybody else on your staff. I, I'm looking forward to doing player development, but if you have any openings, I would love to come in and you know show you what I can do as far as a staff member. I know he knew me as a player, um, but outside of that, I knew I wanted to do player development, so I wanted to make that known to him. He told me to give him a call and we should talk after we wrap up the season with Central Florida. So he went ahead, won that game against Auburn. And then after that, flew out there for an interview, got the job, and hadn't looked back since. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, American Conference. Yeah, yeah. I was in the American Conference. We were so excited. Y'all got that dub. Let's go. That's awesome. That's awesome. I always tell, like, 
people always ask, like, how do you get into it? That's probably the number one question you got when you're in the role. It's still now. How do you get into it? How do you get into it? And it's just, it, I say relationships and connections. I hate to make it short and sweet, but that's that's what it is. You know, for you, it was your former head coach. For me, it was a coach who saw, who recruited our players who knew me, you know? And so that that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So how was it, though? Because, you know, Oregon, UCLA, you know, Pac-12 rival or opponent. How how was that? How- Man, it was actually pretty cool because I don't. Uh, I was choosing between Oregon and UCLA when I was coming out of high school. My dad really, really wanted me to go to UCLA. He was all about education. If anybody out there knows any African parents or has any, they know that education is number one. They don't care nothing about no sports, no football, no anything else you're good at. And um, and I ended up going to Oregon just because I wanted to wear some nice jerseys and I wanted to win some games and I knew I was going to be successful in life. Um, but that was just my full circle moment for me with life coming back around. I had been on UCLA's campus for a visit. The game I went to was back in 2006 when they beat USC. I think the score was like 13 to nine or something like that, knocked them out of the national championship. Um, but just having that just full circle moment and me spending four years at, UC- at, at Oregon and then turn around spending four years at UCLA as well, I really got to see what they were as an institution and why they're one of the most applied to university public institutions in the country. Um, and just seeing the being director of player development there as far as the networking that it gave me for our student athletes for jobs and connecting them to people in the entertainment industry or the movie industry and all those types of things. It was very beneficial for me as a director of player development because it made my job a lot easier, giving me a lot more connections to help my players branch out to. See, that's that's something I, I um like when I did player development being in the city of Houston. Now Houston's not LA, but you got Fortune 500 companies, and I can only imagine how it is in L.A. with so many headquarters or startups there, and like you said, the film and television industry, that's pretty awesome. So which part? I'm not from L.A., originally from Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Okay, I knew it was West Coast. Okay, good. I'm glad I didn't I'm glad I didn't, didn't assume. Well, that's awesome. I, I thank you for sharing that. And All right, Drew, I know you. I know you're passionate about people, passionate about impact. I mean, our, our listeners have already heard that so far, but why do you do what you do? I pretty much do what I do because I've always loved helping people. I get such a joy out of it. Um, I had somebody in college by the name of James Harris who helped me a lot after I tore my ACL in college. And and football was the thing that I did the most. It wasn't the only thing I was good at. But it took me tearing my ACL and it took somebody else to see that another young black man to pour into me to get me to start going to the community service stuff, to the outreach stuff, to the resume workshops and things like that. And I just knew how big of a deal that was to me to have somebody who invested in me. And I've had great mentors throughout my whole life. Uh, but somebody when I kind of really didn't know what the next direction was to go and the way to go. Um, but to know that that's a job, and I think that's why so many people are interested in player development, is because you're like, hold on, you get to hang around the players and you're getting to help them with resume stuff and you're checking in with their parents and, you know, you're doing the good and the bad when, you know, they might not get a passing grade in class or when they're going through an injury and working back on the field. Um, but I really get filled with helping these young men kind of find who they are and kind of find their path in life. Because let's not lie, a lot of them, they play football and they're there for football and they got scholarships because they have awesome athletic ability. But a lot of these guys are going to do some great things off the field. And and my job is to help them realize that and to kind of give them that uh, affirmation that they're going to do some great things outside of the sport and to continue to help and pull people up with them as they go along. So. I'm just a person who just gets my cup filled by helping people. And I just know that we're putting more great young men into this world to make a difference. See, I love what you said. Like that's for me, the, and I talked about this before in the podcast, 
the click moment for me was like, holy smokes, I wanted to be a head coach of a football program, but I was like, I can literally be the head coach off the field of this football program and helping people. But I like what you said. You said, correct me if I'm wrong, football is not what I, I'm best at. It's what I do the most. Correct. And that is like, man, that's a, I, when I when I put out all the social media stuff, that, that one is going, that's going to be a quick clip for the players. But I think players need to know that, like, and I would tell them that, like, it's, it's what I would tell students is this, like, when I was a high school coach, they would say, oh, I, I got my scholarship. I'm one step close to the NFL. I said, you're just one step away from high school football. So you need to know what you do well. And so let's talk about that because you're a man of many talents. And I kind of got caught up in that. And now that I've transitioned, we both have been in a role. We've had, we've had success in the role, but we both transitioned out of the role, still helping people uh, who may be in the role of people in life. Um, let's talk about some of the stuff that, you know, you are doing right now. You, you mentioned being a certified life coach. And I know there's other uh, things that you do well, uh, activities and, and skills you have. But I think it's important for people to see that even people, not only athletes, but even people in the role. The best thing one of my friends told me um, in the transition, he saw my resume. He, he looked at it. He said, I'm not even looking at this as a player development deal. He's like, you're so much bigger than player development. This is like organization stuff you're doing. And it's like, it kind of opened my eyes. And one thing I've been on is a path of going back to who I, who I was as a kid, you know, the different things and, and just opening back, kind of taking that football brain out. Of, you know what I mean? The buckling up, go hard, Oklahoma drill, like, and like, no, I like drawing or I like being in front of a camera. I like different things like that. So sorry, let me not talk that much, but let's tell, tell us more about uh, the skills and the transit. How the transition has been awesome for me. Um, kind of like you said, it, even if you go back to when you first left football alone and you're trying to find your way, you're trying to figure out what you're good at. Um, for one, I know you have a family, so you're like, all right, I got to get the bills paid. That's, that's number one. And then for two, you just hope you bump into something which you really like doing, that you wake up every day, that you're excited about doing, that you're figuring out different ways to do it. And, and that's why I really like your podcast. But for me, um, during the pandemic, I had so many friends who were working in college football who were either getting, you know, their salary cut and reducted. Um, and then also, um, you know, if you weren't doing well around that time, you knew they were going to be making changes as well. Just being in college football, being around football, you know, you only get two or three years at the most, you know, to turn a program around to make a difference. And at that time at UCLA, we weren't doing too hot. And then we also had the pandemic and, and that kind of, I think helped us and saved us a little bit. Um, but through this time, I was like, yo, what else would I, if I got fired, you know, at the end of this year, what would I want to do? And the thing I went back to was that I was like, yo, I was going to major in theater arts in college, but my dad talked me out of it. Like I said, that African that you have around you. And, uh, and he was like, you know, you can't really do anything with that. But over the pandemic, that's the only thing that I was kind of like, what if I would have done this? What if I would have went this route? And also just in during this time, I became certified as a life coach and I got into performance coaching as well with athletes. And I was like, well, how can I talk to my athletes and people that I coach and my clients I have about taking a risk, jumping out on the ledge, going for something you want. And I don't really have something tangible that I have to show them recently that I've done as well. And so me returning to acting school right now, which I graduated from in May, I've learned a lot of great things there that I'm going to use in life coaching and, and when I go talk to teams and when I'm meeting with captains and, and bridge programs with freshman groups and things like that. Um, but that's that kind of onus that you have that you show people like, hey, go after what you want. Even if you don't get it or, you know, you're going through it, it's about the journey more than the destination. And I have something that I can point to to say, hey, I, I left college football. I went to acting school for a year and a half. I got some great things from it. If something comes from it, great. 
but also I have these skills that now I'm bestowing upon other people and helping them find themselves and become more comfortable when they walk into a room as well. So for me, um, that transition was interesting and is, is also still ongoing. Everybody that's a college athlete, even if you go to the NFL, you're going to transition. And so transitioning is getting those more personable skills on helping you become, you know, a young man or a young woman um, who's growing into a space more that's kind of going into a professional space where they're going to be doing more, they're going to be growing and developing more. And those types of things are some things that you don't want to necessarily have to go through those in a trial and error situation. Like you rather have a coach that can help you prepare you better. And that's kind of what I do. It's interesting you 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 know you bring up active school. I saw a post you had uh, and congratulations um, on this graduation that's coming. Let's go! Um, but you said I think correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like y'all finished, um, for lack of a better word. Yeah, play. Yeah, it was a It was a play. I don't want to say the word thing, wrong things. I don't want you know the actors be still out of that. But you you talked about it. you said. Acting reminds me of football, or is it football reminds me of acting? Could you talk about those skills that you saw in the parallel? Because you, you've been in a role, I've been in a role, Victor, you talk about his transferable skills. So can you kind of talk about that? Yeah, no problem. Like uh, we were doing, so there's there's acting and there's theater. Acting behind cameras, you know, you do a couple takes, you're done, you move on. Theater, you know, you get, you know, you get your player, you get what you're doing, and you guys rehearse that for, you know, when you get on Broadway and stuff like that, they do months of rehearsal before they take the stage and they do that. And so it reminded me of football in, in football in general, because football, you pay the least amount of games out of the, the other sports, but you probably practice the most. You're practicing four or five days a week to play one game, then you rest a day, and then you do it all over again. And then also in theater, once you've been training for all these months and rehearsing for all these months, you guys go out and you guys put on this play two or three times a night for three or four days a week. And, you know, and you have to have different things that you do uh, with football. You're you're running over the same play five, 10, 15 times during the week to get it right once or twice on Saturday or Sunday. And so from that aspect, I really took to theater more because that that sense of getting on the stage and going through the same stuff and the director giving you notes and adjustments that you have to bring to the next rehearsal. And then you have to go and rehearse with your scene partner or the people that are in your scene as well which is just like being in football. You go out as a wide receiver. I can I can go out and run routes on my own, but I got a dude that throws me the ball that I need to be on the same page with as well. And so if I'm running the right route and I'm doing all this good stuff, but we haven't had our timing right, it's going to be off a little bit. It's not going to be as perfect. And so I said that in the sense of like, you put in so much work and you do so much and then you get one performance to do it, to make it happen and to make everything come together. And then after those 30 or 45 minutes or however long the play is, it's over and then you're on to the next player, the next scene or the next casting that you have. And so it's a very small amount of time to put so much stuff together and it takes so much of so many people to make a great product um, that it just reminded me a lot of football with the amount of work you put in, the, um, of the amount of camaraderie you get, you get from everyone. And it really brings you guys closer in that period of time because you've seen somebody start a scene or something where they start at a certain level and they grow so much that you've seen the growth. And I'm pretty sure we can attest to that as directors of player development where you have freshmen come in and you're like, oh man, you're a long way from where you need to be, brother. And, and the next thing you know, they're coming into your office as a senior and there's some of the guys that you lean on to be mentors, to, to help the freshmen when they come in to say, hey, this dude's a little bit off the path. Can you bring him back a little bit? And, and it's about the same thing about seeing that growth over that amount of time. 
So I appreciate you saying that. I think one of the things, I got two things for what you said. I think one of the things I've learned in sports is teamwork might be the most overrated word used in athletics. And you talked about it like, yeah, I, I got this scene, but I, it's not just me, right? Like, just like we would say, oh, you can't, yeah, you can go out there. That post route is nice, nice post route. Who's throwing it to you? You know, hey, that, that setup is awesome, but who's creating this scene? Who's creating, up? you know, the, the, the relationship I learned in class? To, Antagonist, yep, you're right. Okay, there we go. Yes, yes, Mrs. Uh, I forgot what my teacher name is, but she's probably excited to work. But, you know, that, that chemistry, right? And it's just like, it's one of the most overused words I've seen in life, in, well, in athletics, but it's, it's really, truly, teamwork is really a life. Like, it's an everyday, everyday thing. And it, I just, when you said that, I was like, man, like, it just reminds me, because I've been, unfortunately, I've been, had seasons where it's like, oh, teamwork, family, work together. And you're just like, nah, this ain't, this ain't it, y'all. Like, this ain't happening, you know? And so, the other thing you brought up, and this kind of goes, I read this book called Range by David Epstein. David, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but if you if you do, that's incredible. I'll write a forward for your next book. But anyway, he talks about how generalists succeed in the specialized world. And I, I was always, so you're, you're, you're growing up, you're that, you know, I know what you're talking about. I had a lot of, I live in Houston, Texas, and there's a, a, a big population of Nigerian Americans in Houston, specifically A. Lee, Texas. And I remember my friends, I'd be like, why don't you just do that? No, I got to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever it may be, right? So for me, it was a little different. It wasn't that. It was, what do you want to do? And I always was like, I don't know. Like, I just like life. I like helping people and like just building skills over time and how that actually helps. Like, it's a pretty interesting book. I had to give a shout out. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Y'all go get it. So I get uh, the Amazon. But anyway, uh, but it's just, it's, it, I really, really like that because that would be my message to players. Like, some of our players would love anime and they would like, can't, yes, you can talk about it. Like, do you know how many people would listen to you if you put a camera in front of you and said, hey, this episode, this is what I thought about. Like, or we had one player at Kansas really helped him. He loved nature. And so he was just, I was like, dude, just every city we visit, give us some stat about whatever that is, like whatever. And so um, I think that well-versed, that was one, like you said, one big thing I tried whenever it came to my office, we definitely try not to talk about football. How is life? How is life? What are you learning? Who do you want to be? And how are we getting there? So. All right. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, you being uh, a certified life coach. So this series is about people who can help people in the role. Um, and I know how it is. It's about programming time. You know, it's March. People start that summer programming or, like you said, transitional stuff, bridge stuff. What services would you provide someone in this role? Well, for someone in this role, I provide coming in, like I said, I work bridge programs of freshmen. You got coming in, you're trying to get them more acclimated and comfortable with each other. Um, we could do some nice uh, group stuff with them. And then also uh, your squad leaders or your uh, your captains on your team. Um, it's real important to get them together, uh, for them to be on the same, same page to continue to build what they've already built and got so far. And also building that camaraderie between them, making them have discussions on what they want this team to look like. Um, this year and how they're going to set the tone for that. Um, but then outside of that, uh, just coming in for bigger, more team stuff, more performance-based stuff. Like I said, I do that study sport coaching at the University of Denver and getting them to figure out how they perform their best. Um, you have a team you have a team full of about 110, 120 guys. And, you know, a lot of them are still figuring out how to be professionals, how to, how do I, what time do I need to get here? And uh, what do I need to do to get my body ready to hit the field? Doing things like self-talk, working things, working on things like imagery, um, you know, trying to help people perform. So 
helping people find the ways they perform best and talking to them as an overall group. Um, but then also just doing some activities and have them be able to implement these things on the field as well and in their day-to-day activities, off-season, in-season, um, and just helping them grow as young men. That's a lot of what I do. I think uh, when you talked about the overall team performance, that aspect, I think that is so needed, and I've seen it usually after success. When you have a successful season, it could be individual player or a team, that aspect of doing it again, guys are going to graduate. Like, that wasn't... It was some old heads, as they would call them, that were making plays. They out of there, you know, or this was your breakout year. Your breakout year happened because you had two or three people. You, okay, you're the inside receiver, but you got Drew Davis out here too making, taking people off of you. Now it's, hey, oh, we could just turn it on him. And so I think it just even mentality, even for coaches, to be honest, you know, like how do we realistically perform and stay at this level? So I think I, I, I am telling people listening to this, this, this is why you need to bring him in, okay, right there. After the success, at any point, you need to bring them in. That's that's going to happen. So what does the engagement look like? So an engagement looks like before I get to campus, uh, we'll have a conversation, a meeting on, you know, what things you kind of want to address, the concerns that you have. Um, it'll begin with, you know, talking about things like who your captains are, who's left the program that you're trying to kind of replace in that leadership role or just that substantial role that, you know, you're going to have a um a unique um, opportunity to fill with somebody who's going to be up and coming. Uh, but once I get to campus, I get there the night before or the morning of, I try to make sure I'm there. Um, but then we say, so say the engagement is in the afternoon. I want to spend as much time in the building as I can in the spaces that the players are in to kind of get the vibe and the feel of what's going on to see how people show up. Um, I know at UCLA, we got started early in the morning. So, you know, are there people that are dragging in there at the last second? Are there people that are there early and getting stressed out or whatnot? Um, but a lot of that and a lot of little bit of that's having conversations with these players or these kind of administrators in these roles or in these positions. Um, but then once we have whatever that looks like in the afternoon, that engagement um, is going to be filled with a lot of, you know, PowerPoint stuff, but more so talking, making sure I get the players up on their feet as far as, you know, some players that are down on the floor going through scenarios, asking them pinpointed questions um, and a lot of action plans that they can leave with to take back to their dorm rooms, to their apartments um, and to apply to their practicing and whether they're spring practice, fall practice, weightlifting, uh, school class, things that they can apply to those areas of their life and that they can come back and say, hey, I, I examined this part of my life. And when we talked about, you know, having an optimal performance level and on a scale of one to 10, I think I'm more so a three or four. I like to be calm before my game. I'm going to start making a playlist that has, you know, 10 or 15 songs that I start listening to 45 minutes before we have to leave the locker room and take the field. Like stuff like that is very important um, to have a rhyme and a reason for why the players do things. Um, but just having action-based plans to put in front of them. And then also at the end of it, they will all give my contact information that they can reach out to me. And I don't like to do one-stop shops where I just come by once, hit you, and I'm gone, and you won't see me till the next time. Um, I like to kind of set it up to the point where I'm like, okay, well, how can we get how can, how can can we get in front of the players? How can I get in front of the players twice this year? What what can we do? What, what, what price point do we have to be at? What are you guys looking forward to getting out of this? And so a lot of that's based on just me trying to really build and cultivate a relationship to bring the teams the things that they want and to address the situations and the and the and the good things that they want to talk about. Awesome. I appreciate that. I think two things you you brought up um that I value I used to value so much around people. Action items and hey, we gotta find a way to engage them more than just this. You know, because it's like, you know how it is, man. Like somebody comes in and not everybody, but someone comes in, you hit them, boom, you 
you you know, it's tough to get older of them than that January when they know that new year, that budget about to get, hey, how you doing? And it's like, no, nah, right. And you like, yeah, I was serious, you know? So that is huge. And, and for you all listening, you may not know how huge that is for athletes. You know, I'm telling you, like the action items and having a person that they can see multiple times, that helps so much. I learned that really big time at, at Kansas. Uh, just, you know, they're like, hey, is he coming back? Absolutely, we're going to work that. So appreciate you sharing that. Now, how can these listeners find you? Where they need to go? You know, what social do they need to find? If they're in L.A., where they, no, I'm just playing. Oh, what happened? Wow, man. Uh, well, like you said, as, uh, the business name is quality over quantity. So you just think you want to do something better, you know, one time rather than do it 10 different times. So quality over quantity by Drew and that'll be .com. You can go there. Uh, I have a business inquiry page where you can write anything you want to write. We can schedule a meeting where we can talk about some of the things you want to bring me in for and, and what else I do outside of that. And then also on Instagram, like you said, you hear quality over quantity, just think Q over Q by Drew. Um, and you can find that on a lot of these on uh, Twitter, Instagram as well. Um, and you can write me messages on there, but the best way to contact me is through the business page. That's what I paid a lot of money for it for. Um, so go there. It's a very nice page. Tell me what you think, but looking forward to hearing from you and answering questions. Yeah. Awesome. And all that will be in the show notes. You all, y'all know that it's going to be in the show notes. Um, but man, I, I, this is, uh, this is your open mic before you do open mic. I'm going to say this cause I'll forget. I'll get excited. Yeah. But man, as I was transitioning in 2022, it was it was it was tough, man. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I remember man, you sent me a card, man, and you had all these quotes, and that man, that just man, that touched me, man, because it was just I was in a place where I was like, you start doubting yourself, right? Um, then I do it. Can I do it? Are they right? Am I? And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm fighting. Like, no, I'm good. Like, it's just it happened. It happened. Everybody not gonna love you. It is what it is. And I remember those quotes, man, like that was, I kid you not, that day I was just, man, I was down, man, I was down and I go to my mailbox. I think I was actually talking to my neighbor about not being at that university anymore. And then I opened that up, go inside and man, appreciate you, man. And so I literally kept that when we stayed in Texas, there's um a desk we use. And it's actually that desk back there, my wife's desk. I just kept that card that, so I could see it. So when I'm filling out applications or I'm, you know, writing out a podcast or things like that. So. I am a testament to the power of words from Drew and it really helped me. So I want to give you flowers before I give you open mic because I did not want to forget and then like record by myself and have to edit this video. So yes, but this is your open mic. This is your time to just, you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about, you know, pub, the business pub, whatever. Awesome, man. I greatly appreciate you. And uh, one thing that during the pandemic is, I'm, I've been a connector of people. I've been one of those people that that I really love friends. I really believe that there's a lot of people that are put around you um, for you to do some special things, but for you to, for you guys to support each other and be there for each other when you're going through stuff, when the, you're going through stuff, both good and bad. Um, and so I just did what was in my heart, what my parents have taught me how to do, man. And, and that was making sure I continue to look out for good people, man, letting them know that, hey, this isn't the end, it's the beginning. This was the end of one chapter, it's the beginning of another. And so I really felt like you needed to hear that. And that was on my heart. And so that's what I do for a lot of people around me, man. So, and just to let you know, you're in the circle, man, you tapped in there. So it's good to have you. Um, but just as far as the open mic, man, uh, I know there's a lot of things going on in college football and professional sports. Um, but I think it's very important to put a good support system around these players and these student athletes. 
and continuing to do that. Like they're getting a lot of great coaching on the field. They got some great strength coaches. They're getting some great food. They got some NIL money coming in. There's a lot of good things happening for them. Uh, but we need to continue pouring into these young student athletes. And I, I just, I connect with the male student athletes because I was a football student athlete. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't care about, you know, the women's sports and other sports and things like that. But I know the more resources we continue to put around them, the better off they'll be when they leave the building. And so if that's something that's real important to you as far as making sure your student athletes and your athletes are good once they leave the building and that they have the right things in place in order to be a good, young, functioning student athlete outside of the building, um, then I would definitely say look into what I do. Try to get on the phone with me, get a call with me. I would be happy to talk with you. And um, and for me, it's about the student athlete. It's about pouring into them, and it's about helping them become the best that they can be, which I think a lot of us are interested in. So I appreciate your time, Ed. I appreciate you having me on. And anytime you want me, man, I'll come on. So I appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on. And you all listening, this is another reason why I love player development, the people, man, the people that are in it, the people that are helping you enroll. You are not in this alone. So don't ever think you're by yourself. And one of those incredible people who has time over time, not just me. I've got, you know, uh, I'll say this. Uh, when I interviewed season two, Tony Washington, Cedric Steptoe, uh, Drew, man, you, I didn't know you know Drew. Yeah, man, we, like we, in the, in the pre-show, we, oh man, you know, we gotta hit, you know, Drew, Drew's awesome. And so, like, y'all are listening to someone who is literally impacting lives on so many levels every day. So thank you. I want to say thank you so much for all you do and, and, Hey, this was a good one. Player development pod. Reach out. Reach out. That reach out. He is there. He will help you. He will help you better your program. Uh, you you it's gonna be a great investment for you, yourself, and your program. That's the end of the show today. Thank y'all so much for being here. Remember, the the player development conference registration link is live. Go there, register. We'll see you there. Drew, thank you so much for being here. And y'all have a great day. As I always say, go out and create generational impact. Don't wait create that generational impact today.